This is Fully Vested, a weekly podcast where Jason Rowley and Graham Peck discuss technology and venture capital investing. This week, we discuss the Tesla Cybertruck and our personal time-honored tradition of having shrimp boils with friends. The show was recorded on November 25th. You can learn more at fullyvested.co. Graham, it's almost mm. like we're becoming... It's almost like we're... It's on <laughs> professional podcast. That's oh, exactly what oh, I was going to say. God, I hope we recorded that. I I just hit the I just hit call recorder. So yes, that did get recorded. All uh, right. See, Graham, I think I think the um, you know the the key performance indicator in a new podcast is is when hosts start finishing each other's sentences. I think I was supposed to say the word sentences there. Uh, <laughs> well, we, we failed in our opening bit. Uh, Graham, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. You just got back from uh, a bunch of, uh, 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 wild and, and exotic travels in, in Europe, uh, which we talked in part about, uh, last week, but, uh, what, what, how was the flight back? How was, uh, uh, last I chatted or last we chatted, we were, you were in, um, where were you? Copenhagen? I was in Copenhagen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. The, the trip was phenomenal. I went on an 18 day, 17 night uh, trip. I uh, oh had uh, seven flights and one long train ride. Uh, that was, it was all really good. I, I was going to, uh, but I have not yet counted up the total mileage uh, on, on the trip. But, but yeah, it was a really good experience. I was in seven cities in uh, six different countries including uh, a couple of those that weren't exactly planned. Um, nice. I got stuck uh, for one <laughs> night in Germany, uh-huh. uh, which was unexpected. Could have been a lot more fun, but thank you, Lufthansa. I think I complained about that a little bit last time because that had happened already. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah, got a bonus night in Munich, Germany. Yeah, spent, uh, spent a lot of time. I'm uh, in Ukraine between Kiev and Kharkiv. That was a really great experience, uh, you know, as well. I, uh, I I love the software development community there. Uh, talk about that every week in my mm-hmm. in my personal intro. Sure. So yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was a great trip. And now being back uh, four or five days, I think I'm uh, I think I'm over the jet lag. Nice. Uh, thank you to the wonderful people in uh, Reykjavik Iceland for uh showing me an absolutely beautiful city uh-huh. on my uh on on my layover I, I had a one night stopover on the way back in in Reykjavik and that was that was a really great experience I mean probably the most beautiful uh most beautiful views uh that I've ever that I've ever seen in my life oh wow uh, and I was I was actually fortunate for a very small upgrade fee to uh to fly business class back from Reykjavik Ooh. to Chicago which was also a, that's, a really nice uh, that's a really nice treat as well yeah did you so, when uh, you so were when you were in iceland experience there question when you were in iceland did you see any elves are you aware by the way graham is a follow-up question based on your silence are you aware that a, a reasonably large chunk of the uh is icelandic population believes in elves uh, I, the silence was because, uh, I think the internet cut out for a second. Oh, uh, no. Can you repeat the question? Sorry. Oh, no. Uh, I'm at home. I have my fast internet this time. Uh, Graham, uh, okay. I did a speed test just before this and, uh, um, I'm, I'm doing well, but wait, did I forget I to, what's happening. did I forget to just pause Dropbox syncing? Oh, drat. I did. Uh, Graham, this is never going to hit, this is never going to hit, hit air. This is going to be our worst episode ever. All right. Uh, mm, pause. Yeah, no. <laughs> sinking. Uh, Graham. Um, so here was my question. Um, now this is not to denigrate, besmirch, otherwise uh, diminish the uh, uh, spiritual views of of our uh, native Icelandic friends. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, many of whom are listening to this podcast right now. Um, are you aware that a large percentage of the Icelandic population believe in elves? Like that, el- that- uh, yeah. Go on. No, no, I, I, no. I was not, I was not aware of that. <laughs> now uh, you I did know. see a lot of elves in the gift shops there, uh, <laughs> but no, I that that's not something that I was aware of. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a thing. A lot of thing. A lot of things. Uh, you know, from that eighteen hours make a lot more sense now. <laughs> I can tell you the following. They don't believe in things being inexpensive in Iceland. Mm. Holy cow. Well, it's because uh, you, know, you, you have to subsidize the elves. 
Right. Yes. Well, I thought they were helping <laughs> subsidize uh, everyone else with making the small toys that could be delivered to children all over the world. I, that's the way elves, <laughs> elves worked. Graham, I'm not going to get into elf labor politics now. <laughs> this, <laughs> Oh, uh, oh my. Jesus Christ, Graham. It's been too long. Um, okay, so we have some stuff to talk about. Oh, it has about. been. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So we have some stuff to talk about, um, which we'll get into in a second. But, uh, Graham, I'm going to spring some news upon you. Um, okay. This is not the news that I sprung upon you earlier this afternoon, uh, which we'll probably discuss next week. Uh, oh, I'm very excited to discuss uh, that news, <laughs> by the way. Preview <laughs> of coming attractions, folks. Definitely, definitely listen to our next episode. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun. uh, Like and subscribe. Okay, so, um, no, the thing I wanted to mention is is, uh, it's a quick follow-up on on our favorite... uh, uh, Our favorite whipping boy? Yes. Yeah, okay, I was trying to figure out a more diplomatic way to phrase it. But yes, our favorite whipping boy, Adam Newman. Uh, Graham, did you see the uh, the news earlier today, uh, or or maybe yesterday, that uh, Mr. Newman... Uh, had worked directly with uh, um, Jared Kushner to uh, try to set up the Mideast peace agreement. Uh, the internet is not being my oh, friend. No. It cut out again. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have problems here. Graham, Graham you got... Uh, can, you, can, you got can you repeat the Graham, shocking news one last time? Graham, you got that potato internet going. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so Adam Newman, CEO of WeWork, at, well, for, it, I lied, former CEO of WeWork, partnered up with Jared Kushner, uh, itinerant son, son-in-law of the President of the United States, uh, oh boy. and Mohammed bin Salman, uh, the uh, man who ordered the, uh, the, the, the execution and subsequent butchery of a uh, New York Times, uh, wait, or no, sorry, forgive me, Washington Post columnist uh, Jamal Khashoggi, uh, that the three of them, uh, the three amigos, uh, if, if I dare say, uh, palled up and and they were the, they were the three collaborators on the Mid East peace agreement that the United States put forth for the Middle East. Wow, I feel better already. Oh boy! <laughs> no, I hadn't seen that news yet. Oh, friend! Oh boy! So many things are happening in the world of news. Um. Speaking of, um, I suppose first of all we should tell we should tell <laughs> yes, in fact, tell each other who we are, but more importantly, tell our audience who we are, um, uh, and then we should probably talk about what we're going to be talking about this week, uh, which is um, uh, a little bit different than what we usually do. Uh, one is uh, one topic is something commenting on on uh, more of our usual fare, which is you know the happenings in. Uh, technology and venture news, uh, but specifically related to the uh, release of the Tesla uh, Cybertruck and all that good stuff. Um, and then also talking about a uh, uh, a certain recipe for a shrimp oil that uh, that's delicious <laughs> and that we really want you to uh, to to cook one of these days. A time-honored tradition amongst uh, amongst friends. Exactly, men of the boil. That's right. All right. So Graham, the, um, the, the boil boys, as the, it were, the boys of the boil, boil boys. Uh, we got to make T-shirts for that. Uh, Graham, uh, who are you? We do. Uh, so my name is Graham Peck. I am a venture partner with Cultivation Capital. Cultivation is a Midwest-based uh, seed stage fund that invests in uh, in uh, early stage seed and Series A stage companies in the areas of life sciences, agricultural technology, and also specifically the group I work with is our software technology team. Uh, and in addition to my work there, uh, I also uh, work with uh, mostly Eastern European software developers to help uh, early stage companies build uh, build their technology teams. Nice. Uh, and and I'm Jason Rowley. Uh, I write things on the internet for Crunchbase News, where I munch and crunch uh, Crunchbase data to make charts and graphs to inform. Uh, our wonderful readers. Uh, and then when I'm not doing that, I, uh, as a volunteer work with the Python software foundation, helping 
Give early stage startups that use Python in new and interesting ways free booth space at PyCon US, uh, which this year is happening in uh, Pittsburgh. Um, you can go if you just search uh, PyCon uh, Startup Row. Uh, you can apply online. Anyway, so Graham, uh, which do you want to start out with first? I think we should. I think we should end with uh, the shrimp boil. Okay, I uh, I'm good with that. All right, uh, but one other quick one other. Qu- Quick update uh, on on our favorite whipping boy, uh, (laughs) the whipping boy in this case being WeWork, not uh, not Adam. It's just, uh, well, no, it's just interesting uh, and coincidental timing. I work out of a WeWork and uh, actually just today got uh, got an update from the new WeWork chairman uh, who wanted to personally deliver his pledge that they are completely focused on earning their members' confidence and trust. Nice. (laughs) What does that even mean? Because, like, and the reason I I ask, what does that even mean, is because, like, in order for them to turn any sort of profit, they're going to have to either, like, spike their rents, cut down their amenities, or I don't know what else. Like, it's going to be a mess. Uh, for for anybody who's currently a member there, so so Graham, have you heard anything regarding uh, plans to uh, increase fees or change any of the amenities? Can you confirm or deny whether or not there's fruit water still at the place? Uh, I can't. Uh, so I, having been out of the country for most of the last uh, three weeks, and now being out of town uh, in advance of the Thanksgiving holiday, I cannot confirm or deny whether there remains uh, to be fruit in the water or not. Mm. Unfortunately, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, Graham, where, how else are the nerds going to prevent uh, getting scurvy if there is no if there's, I know. If there's no li- life giving vitamin C enriched uh, fruit water around? They do say in this email that change is already underway with near-term improvements, including better acoustics, among other things. So better apparently acoustics. there have been a pro- lot of problems with uh, <laughs> with noise complaints that we were. I'm, I'm not making this up. I cannot make this up directly in the email from the uh, new executive chairman of no. WeWork. So, oh, boy. so we've got that to look forward to. Better acoustics. Shit. Do- well, damn. Speaking of better acoustics, I better stop, you know, howling with laughter with every single comedic turn this podcast episode is taking. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, so at least we work will sound better. It will sound hmm. better, but the uh, it won't taste better if they get rid of the fruit in the water. No. Hmm. Uh, Can't. Hang on. Was there anything I wanted to mention before we get into the uh, into into Cybertruck stuff? Uh, into the bulletproof trapezoid. <laughs> yes, into the in uh, into the bulletproof trapezoid. Good lord. Well, no, actually, actually, Graham, I don't. I really, really don't want to. Well, actually, you here. But now, looking at a picture of the Cybertruck on on Twitter dot com, it's more like. Hang on one second. Actually, let me count the sides. One, two on the top. Uh, two in the front and the back, and it looks like, uh, well, if you were to do like a main line across the wheel well, it would be more like, it would be more like a bulletproof pentagon. I think. Graham, did I lose you? Are you still there? Am I talking into the void? Just a man adrift. I'm still here. Okay. He's trying to move towards better internet. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, not, certainly not a sponsor, but uh, might become one after this. Uh, people should consider uh, a purchasing a mesh network system from uh, now Amazon-owned Eero and, and other uh, big providers out there. Um, Graham, what is going on with Cybertruck? Uh, did you watch the announcement, or, or are you... Uh, like me, simply a consumer of the uh, of all the media fallout that that happened after it. 
Yeah, I didn't watch it live, um, but I've watched uh, I've watched a fair amount of the recaps. Uh, obviously, only a few seconds seem to be critically important to understand <laughs> uh, what uh, you know what the big news is there, which sure. uh, uh, you know is about Windows that claim that they're bulletproof. Uh, and as Elon said, uh, the ball didn't go through them. And in fairness to the Windows, the ball didn't go through them. Yeah. Uh, didn't look like it was even thrown at them very hard. Uh, and then I think the other thing that was cool, uh, you know, uh, spoiler alert for those who haven't watched to the very end, I thought the uh, little ATV thing that fits nicely and neatly in the back was uh, cool. Those were kind of obviously the, the the two favorite highlights that I had. Graham, you are missing, um, all due respect to you, Graham, but you are missing the the most important part of this which you you alluded to in your comment about the uh, the bulletproof trapezoid which i think might technically be more of a bulletproof pentagon which is the shape and look of this vehicle uh, oh well yeah i mean <laughs> you, well, you got to look at a picture of this thing i was very surprised when i first saw that i i I'm, personally i guess i'm wondering like is this what the future is going to be and that's what's going to be driving down the street well, are all cars going to be shaped like this so, so for for anybody who's listening that uh, that's that 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 might be living under, I, well, maybe under a truck, uh, you know this 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 uh, vehicle looks like it's uh, actually this is Graham. This is a nice follow up to uh, or or potential lead in in down the road to uh, the topic of our shrimp oil, which uh, typically ends in playing a number of N sixty four games. Uh, friends, the. I'm not the first to make this joke, but the the Tesla Cybertruck looks something like uh, might be uh, something that might have been rendered out of the uh, early N64 uh, uh, library. Uh, it's it's very boxy, uh, or maybe not boxy. It's very angular, uh, very sharp looking, and uh, it is made uh, at least its exterior is made entirely of uh, stainless steel. Uh, the same stainless steel that. Uh, Elon Musk says he's using for the uh, for the rockets that will ship uh, some sort of capsule uh, to uh, to Mars. Is my question with this angular design is like what's the radar cross section of this thing? And I think <laughs> as we get into a self driving era, I think that that's going to be relatively important. You're not going to want the cars to uh, sneak up on you and uh, bounce all the radar beams off of them. I, I think it looks a lot like uh, you know the way some stealth aircraft and even boats have been uh, been designed with weird angles designed not to reflect anything back uh, back to oh, you. Oh yeah, no, totally, totally. So I think I think now you know the next step might be um, for people who are interested in getting into the Tesla Cybertruck services business, which I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure is going to be a massive massive market. But if you want to get into the aftermarket parts business or or aftermarket uh, uh, vehicle treatment business for the Tesla Cybertruck, you could definitely uh, design and and unroll or roll out a. Uh, a line of like, of like, you know, like those like razzle dazzle like prints that you'd put on, um, on like ships that you want to occlude, you know, helping them like break up their line on the horizon or whatever. You could totally unroll a line of those for the, uh, for these Tesla Cybertrucks. This would be, it, it would be the most, <laughs> it would be the most least stealthy vehicle uh, on the road today. So they already probably make very little noise being electric, and so they're going to, you know, hit people walking down the street who didn't hear them coming. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, uh, I assume other cars, uh, once they become autonomous, will drive into them because they can't see them, right? Yeah. No, actually, Graham, in all seriousness, that is a – I was totally unprepared to respond to your take because that is – it's not something I've seen commented on anywhere is the, the sort well, of like I – mean, you know. We we, we got to have a little bit more for our listeners here. Jason. <laughs> well, that's We're right. We're going we, the extra mile. Well, we we do have the uh, you know we we do have some proprietary uh, narrative deal flow um, with this podcast, right? Of course, of course. Yeah. So 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 actually unpack that a little bit. I I I'm damn. Now I want to go talk to like a like a radar engineer and say and ask them about their uh, take on the uh, Tesla Cybertruck. 
Well, we could have some uh, follow-up. Uh, it's not like I've got one here with me or anything. Uh, you know, m- my family, having been in uh, manufacturing for a long time, including making engine components for aircraft like that, uh, is kind of what made me what made me think of that. Uh, and and yeah, again, I just kind of liken it to uh, you know to some of the weird angles again on on boats and on uh, on aircraft that are designed to make them them not show up. Wait a minute. Uh, and have small radar cross sections. That's right. Your family's in the uh, is in the metal. It, well, it's in the it's in the metal stamping business. Is it also in the metal rolling business? Like, do you have any do you have any key insights to contribute regarding uh, this uh, crazy uh, cold cold, uh, cold rolled uh, stainless steel uh, exterior that uh, uh, Tesla's produced here? Yeah, I don't have a lot of insights in that because we don't actually make the metals. We make things out of the metals for the oh, most part. Got um, it. We mostly work in cold forming uh, as well. Uh, we've done a couple of hot formed uh, products. I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, metallurgically, I guess, what the difference uh, between cold formed and and hot formed in this case is, and what the what the advantage is there. I mean, there are tons of advantages of using stainless steel alloys broadly, which is what this you know is is made. This exterior is made entirely out of. Uh, that's primarily the work we do is with various different high temperature um, nickel and other kind of uh, other metal mixed into stainless steels. So we're working with what I would assume are similar metals, since they're also used primarily for aerospace purposes, as as Elon points out in the you know in the video. Uh, that this is uh, the same type of material that they're using uh, on the rocket uh, or the, the rockets uh, of the future at uh, at SpaceX as well, but uh, but no, I don't have any specific insight on the on the advantage of his, of it being uh, of it being cold formed. Mm. Yeah, because I'm I'm wondering now what the because you know Tesla is a company that. Uh, that that sort of prides itself on reasonably high safety ratings, and you know, given the fact that um, that this is such a different design, uh, I, I'm I'm kind of wondering what the what the safety considerations of this vehicle are, because you know, a lot of vehicles are designed to have like you know crumple zones in place, and and you know, increasingly more vehicles are made out of. Um, plastic and other, you know, sort of composite materials. Um, at least the exterior of this thing is 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 completely made out of uh, stainless steel, and and the interior, Graham, which I don't know if you've seen um, either pictures or video of uh, the the dashboard is is either made of marble or a marble finished, you know, surface like. Um, the thing looks cool. I'm, I'm, I'm also concerned from a safety standpoint, um, if not necessarily from the driver's side, because one would assume that this thing would drive like a wedge through anything that it hits. Uh, but from the, 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 the standpoint of somebody who, who might, um, I mean, hopefully not, but, but could potentially get hit by one of these things, um, does not seem like the most forgiving vehicle on the road these days. Yeah, uh, I, I hope that that marble dashboard doesn't, you know, like come into the uh, face of any passenger no. who uh, happens to be sitting inside. Uh, <laughs> if just such a uh, accident happened, it'd be like smashing your face on the kitchen counter or something like that. Right, exactly. No, so that would be terrible. Um, but um, anyways, it, it doesn't seem like like this Cybertruck is, is going to be... Um, or at least rather, let's, let me rephrase. It, it seems like the competitors to the Cybertruck, uh, uh, as produced by, um, you know, the likes of Ford, uh, you know, there's that new company, uh, Rivian, uh, which I know Graham, you and I have talked about, uh, at least once that, um, Amazon and others have sort of invested, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars into, um, Based here out of the Midwest in, uh, shoot, what's the? It's not. Is it? Um, it's not Deerfield. What's the? No, shoot. I think it's near Detroit, right? No, I know, I know. But there's that. There's that suburb outside of Detroit that's not Detroit. Anyways, I can figure this out later, or we can cut this out of the episode. Um, but anyways, like all of these, all the competitors to Tesla, uh, 
uh, don't don't really seem to be worried, or at least rather investors in these companies don't seem to be worried because uh, after the uh, announcement of the Cybertruck, um, which which again, as Graham mentioned, did include the mishap with the window, um, Tesla shares were off. Uh, I think I mean at least six percent uh, down down maybe seven or eight percent uh, the day after the announcement. So. Um, you know, this might be a niche product. Uh, I know that uh, Elon Musk has, has tweeted out um, presumably updates to the order numbers. I've, I've seen recently uh, uh, 200,000 pre-orders. But, you know, it's it's worth mentioning that um, at least for now, all these pre-orders are, um, they're really a, a fully refundable uh, $100 waiting spot in line to eventually order this uh, Tesla Cybertruck, which will ultimately end up shipping uh, if if I read everything correctly, sometime in 2021. So you know, there's still a, a little bit of way, a ways off between now and this ultra futuristic design. Um, uh, Graham, is this something for you that that you would ever consider buying? I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, it, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting to to think about because it just looks so different. And I guess, uh, you know, I would also have a lot of question about the functionality of it. You know, I mean, uh, being from a small town in central Illinois, you know, I was uh, driving around this afternoon running a couple of errands with my mom. And in the country, we saw like four... Uh, "Quote unquote normal pickup trucks uh, of varying sizes and brands drive by us, and I found myself thinking, "Wow, what if that was four Tesla Cyber trucks?" And then I found myself thinking, "Are the people who are likely to have bought one of those trucks likely to buy this?" I mean, I think the price points interesting. Uh, you know, price points I think start uh, at you know thirty nine thousand and go up to. Uh, just under seventy thousand, and you know, standard pickup trucks today obviously can get definitely up to that range. So, uh, in terms of price, uh, and obviously with the range being up to 500, uh, 500 driving miles, it seems like there's a certainly an interesting case for this. It just looks so different. And and again, then my question would next be about uh, kind of functionality. Like, is the bed, which is approximately the same size as a traditional pickup bed uh is that is that what uh what people who work at a manufacturing company or the like is that what they want to be driving around um i think some of the most interesting pictures by the way are actually on the tesla website where it uh, looks like this is towing a similar looking trailer and where someone is um uh, turned the bed into actually almost like a little camping enclosure or something like oh, that. Oh, I saw that I think one those too. Those are two really interesting renderings. Yeah. And I assume they're just renderings or maybe those physically exist. So I, I think those are interesting. Yeah. I, I don't think that this is for me. Uh, admittedly, I don't own a car uh, today. Um, this looks cool and weird. And and yeah, I know Elon Musk uh, has himself said that this is uh, this is a niche product. I guess my question is, you know, yeah, just how big the the market is for it. But a 500 mile range and the uh, air suspension and all of the other functionality is really uh, really interesting, in my opinion. That's for sure. I would gladly rent it. <laughs> like like if I was going to do like a weekend out in. I don't know, out in the middle of nowhere, and I didn't want to take the car that I currently, you know, possess out there, which, uh, for the record, is a relatively old Mini Cooper that has seen, still runs really well, but it's seen better days. Um, uh, but obviously, like, I wouldn't want to drive that out in, um, if I was going, say, camping up in, up in, like, Michigan or whatever, like, I wouldn't want to take my Mini out into the middle of, the forest out in Michigan, um, you know, where it might get bogged down in mud or whatever, whatever. And if I wanted something that made me feel like I was living in the, uh, the cyberpunk future that, uh, at least I've been waiting for, uh, I, I would totally, uh, plunk down, you know, a couple hundred bucks to rent that thing for a couple of days. So I don't know this. It made me think of the movie, um, like ready player one yes. or something like yes. that or like or Tron. Tr- Tron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- this is the truck that they would drive in uh, Tron. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, first off, I am, I am, I am all for, for, I know that 
that that the design is somewhat polarizing. Graham, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I know that you said it's it's different. For me, um yeah, it's polarizing, but like I kind of like it. Like if this is where if I'm just happy that 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 Tesla is going in a direction that's different from other um vehicle makers. Just because like everything's just sort of gotten very samey. Um and and to have a radically different design option out there seems at least to me um really appealing uh and and hopefully pushes you know more legacy automakers in in a slightly edgier direction which is not a pun on the very angular design of the truck itself so what do you think about the uh, uh actual window uh window mishap jason oh <laughs> um so there's that uh I'm going to butcher that phrase uh but you know there's there's a general rule of thumb that you should never do a technical demo live uh and this is a fanta- fantastic example of uh never do a technical demo live and and it seems like there's a number of red flags that that would have indicated that this was going to be a bad well potentially a bad idea um I know that uh, Mr. Musk uh, tweeted out that uh, that that they had previously thrown um, this sa- self same you know metal ball at the window multiple times and nothing bad happened, but uh, you know one doesn't need a, a doctorate in material science to know that if you subject a surface to repeated stress, uh, it might not necessarily show signs of stress uh, until the one time that <laughs> that the additional stress load uh, induces catastrophic failure, such as what was. Uh, demonstrated on stage to, uh, during during that that presentation. Um, so it definitely kind of an embarrassment. Well, one of the things that I one of the things I saw that I found as uh, interesting, uh, and I think this actually just came out uh, earlier today, maybe, but uh, they said that it was actually that they struck the door with the sledgehammer, cracked the window in a way that you couldn't see, and the uh. ball, when they threw it against it, actually made the crack visible. So if they had oh. done the two tests that they did in the other order, right. there would not have been no visible ball crack. My question is, uh, <laughs> similar to Bill Gates crashing windows on live television, my question is, had you not done this whole test in exactly the way you were going to do it right. live once in practice, maybe they had done the components of it, but not the whole test itself at once on one vehicle. And that sounds like the problem. Well, and, and and even if you are going to do a technical demo live, did you not practice live before the cameras were or, turned on? No. I guess that would be my question no, for the intelligent or, folks over at Tesla. God, it, no, back it up. Just do the dan- I don't know if this is like the only Cybertruck in existence. Highly doubt it. But even if so, do the tests on the opposite side of the device that you're going to then throw a ball at on like on stage, right? Like if they were going to throw they threw the ball at the if I remember the video correctly, they threw the ball at the driver's side of the of of the vehicle. Like they could have done. They could have like whacked the passenger side of the vehicle with a with a a sledgehammer, a sledgehammer, and said, "Oh, hey, this is no no damage, you know, no harm, no foul." They could have thrown the metal ball, you know, a half dozen times at the the window of the passenger side, you know, no harm, no foul. But like they knew the stagecraft that they were going to implement for the show. Like they knew that they were not going to do a rotation of the vehicle. They chose. They chose Graham to drive the vehicle out with the driver's side facing the audience, put the car in park, people get out of the vehicle, and then they throw a steel ball bearing at the at at the windows. This is this did not seem very well planned. But the good news is afterwards, while continuing to finish the speech, <laughs> Elon was standing directly in front of it. 
So it, at least there's plenty of good pictures of him with both of those two impact marks right behind him. <laughs> that, that's what I found guy. myself thinking as I watched oh. after uh, the the window test had failed uh, or or whatever had occurred sure. that, that they claim catastrophic semi failure, catastrophic yeah. error on stage. Then, then he's standing in front of it, so uh-huh. it's like. Oh no, and and then you end up with this terrible kind of f- photo moment. But oh, right, that one yeah. f- freeze frame of him looking like so flustered in front of his new truck that he was so happy about. Uh, you know, Graham. Here's a here's one thing about the windows, though. Um, the 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 windows, you know, they they did they didn't like totally like blast in. So at least Graham, the windows, the window. We know that the windows can can sustain um, at least some of the 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 best slash worst of what the streets of San Francisco have to offer. So everybody was saying, "Oh, this is the this is the dystopian vehicle, right?" You know, he's talking about the windows. Uh, I'm sorry, the doors being bulletproof, the windows being shatterproof. And then you realize that, uh, no, maybe a core market for this vehicle is just people who want to park on the streets of San Francisco and not want to have their uh, <laughs> their stuff broken into and having all their crap stolen from their car. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point. I say uh, this as a, vict- as a victim of, of having shit stolen from my car twice uh, in San Francisco <laughs> in the space of two weeks. Well, I lied. Space of ten days. I had my car broken into twice in the summer of 2015, and all, and only from what I've heard recently, having not rented or driven a car in SF since, uh, it's only getting worse. Yeah, I guess that was one of my other questions: was Is there really <laughs> just a need for this? I mean, I, you yes, know, in San uh, Francisco, I, l- l- it is, I, which l- is awful to say. I'm so sorry that that's the case, but it's the case. You know, living in a city that our president condemns as incredibly unsafe, uh, I don't drive around bullet-ridden neighborhoods very often, and I don't feel that I need to be driving in a uh, bulletproof uh, vehicle personally. So, I mean, but yeah, I guess that that's an interesting thing to think about from the who's the user of this uh, car. It, it may be entirely possible that some of the features are more of a, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm going to pack my go bag and leave it in the car at all times. Right. Maybe that's the user of this, not just the guy who, uh, you know, who needs a, a, a truck. Well, okay. I don't know. So that's the, that's it's a different the, market, but see, that's the whole thing though. Right. It's like, I, I understand the aesthetic, right? The aesthetic is like, it's perfect. You know, Cormac McCarthy, you know, like the road sort of aesthetics, but like, in terms of the actual practicality of it, you know, we're still talking about a situation. And for the record, I'm really happy that the world is moving away from burning. I, I know it's not literally dead dinosaurs and, and stuff that we're burning when we burn gasoline, but like, I'm super happy that we're burning, that, that we're moving away from a world where we're burning less, where we're burning fossil fuels in our vehicles to get around, right? I understand that. From the energy infrastructure standpoint, you know, that 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 actually powers the the vehicle charging stations that increasingly, you know, that that it's still rather like a lot of like coal and natural gas and stuff like that. But over time, I hope it moves to more nuclear, to more, you know, solar, more wind power, more energy sources that that are not dependent on on emitting a lot of fossil fuels. Uh, But still, Graham needs to be said today. The current infrastructure that we have in the United States is largely dependent on this giant network of, um, of like gas stations and stuff. And actually, I think I'm going to talk myself out of my own point. But for the sake of rhetorical consistency, I'm going to keep digging this hole. Graham, the the this Tesla truck, the Cybertruck, it has an op- it will apparently have an option that takes the the rolling. Uh, I'm not too used to like truck anatomy. What do you? What would you call it? Like the 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 bed cover. Like oh yeah yeah the, sure the, the truck truck bed cover the truck bed cover sure the so it's a rolling device as it stands right now but Tesla says that they want to make it available as a sun as like a so the the this like rolling thing would be a solar panel that would regenerate the battery in the truck but it would do so for ten uh, I think they said fifteen miles a day if it's in full sun so. 
the reason so the reason I said that I dug myself into a hole and now now I'm going to dig myself out is that in fact if we were in an apocalypse situation there would be no infrastructure to support the gas stations yeah so at least with this you could move something like 10 to 15 miles a day on sunny days which is the distance between my apartment and my mom's house out out in the suburbs in one day so not very in theory not very far however if shit totally hit the fan you'd be in a in theory at least in a better situation driving a an electric vehicle with a a solar charger thing uh than a gas powered vehicle so that I guess was I theoretically just, bulletproof. That was that was theoretically bulletproof. Uh, Graham, this is a yeah, weird, this in, is a weird a, future in a land. No, in, go in on. Land of the blind, the the, the one eyed man is uh, king, right? I mean, uh, and, and that's absolutely the case. If there was no gas powered uh, infrastructure at all of any kind, then uh, if you could move ten to fifteen miles a day on sunny days uh, un- under your own propulsion. Uh, in your bulletproof trapezoid, then uh, you know that'd be uh, pretty pretty cool. I think uh, it would be pretty cool. I, Damn, I mean, Teslas I think are neat vehicles. I kind of want one, to be honest with you, Graham. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> although, although well, I just uh, discount code uh, shrimp boil <laughs> and uh, able to uh, get uh, get ten dollars off uh, uh, at guess- checkout. <laughs> Uh, I really want one of those. Actually, the Rivians look look much cooler, and and I have absolutely, I probably have no need for owning really owning a car. Period. Um, I, I certainly have have less need for owning a pickup truck these days. Um, however, those Rivian ones are are sure darn neat, and um, I've had my eye on one for for a while. I, I can't afford the base model now, but. Uh, some, something to aspire to, I guess. Just like this, just like the bulletproof trapezoid. Um, Graham, you, you, um, I totally buried a a perfectly good transition that you that you brought up, which is uh, which is to the shrimp oil thing. And um, uh, Graham, I, I mentioned this topic sort of sort of on a lark. And and by the way, our readers might be able to listen. But I got a I got a cookbook right here. Ooh, by the mic. Ooh, that was very loud. Very loud sound. Definitely tested the. Um, there we go. That's enough fully. Don't, for don't the day. do don't do technical demos uh, live on the air. <laughs> I, I just heard a great podcast about this. Oh, no. Wait did 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 my ruffling with the pages make like weird farty sounds into the microphone? No. <laughs> okay. No, I no, I, I heard it. Okay. Well, good. I thought you were making comments about my about the the noises that I was making into the microphone. Uh, Graham, you know, as as is the tradition of this podcast, I really should have I really should have my materials in front of me before starting. But um, but uh, you know, Graham, I just wanted to talk about the fact that for the last what's it been two three years, we've uh, gotten together with a group of friends every once in a while for. Uh, for a night of, uh, of boiling some shrimp and uh, telling some tales and uh, generally making asses of us, of ourselves uh, uh, and then going home and uh, waking up and eating more shrimp that we've taken home as leftovers. This has been a thing that we've yeah. done for a while. Yeah, it's it's been a very fun tradition of uh, Jason and mine, as well as a few other folks. Uh, we've got uh, a now growing guest uh, l- uh, list of guests who've uh, who've attended probably one or two of these, and we have a core group of of four or five uh, friends who uh, who we get together. We try for every month. It probably happens, I would guess, every other month, and we uh, we have a, a really fun dinner. Uh, yeah. A lot of the people, uh, a lot of the people uh, are people who also participate in various parts of the technology or venture uh, ecosystem. Although there's no specific requirement there, and uh, and as Jason alluded to earlier, uh, by the end of the evening, we usually have had uh, several beverages, and usually uh, the uh, discussion turns into a political argument, uh, followed by uh, trying to beat one another at something like Mario Kart uh, or uh, GoldenEye. Uh, it is another yes. favorite. That's, that's just the way we do this tradition, uh, you know. But uh, but I guess we're we're going to publish our uh, our recipe, which yes. Jason uh, found. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this I, you know I don't know if you had more that you wanted to cover oh, here, I'll but you know re- I think I'll, it's really I'll, just uh, I'll read we're the darn recipe on, uh, 
I'll read the darn recipe on the air. But no, the, the, the reason that I wanted to bring this up is, is for a couple of different reasons. One, um, I think it's really important for, uh, for people, uh, uh, men in particular, to spend more time hanging out with each other, um, ostensibly outside of a working sort of situation. Although these days, because, because of the nature of the work that, uh, that I do and, and that Graham does, and presumably that if you're listening to this, you know, the work that you do, right, where, where, where the boundary between your, your personal life and your work life sort of get blurred a little bit. Um, I think it's really important for, for folks who are in that sort of situation, uh, who have networks of different varieties to all come together every once in a while to, to just like sit around, uh, you know, eat, eat, well, in this case, eat some shrimp and, and shoot the bowl with one another, uh, to trade notes and, and all the rest. And, and it's one of those things that, that, you know, that we've never done as a production for, for social media, you know, like I'm personally not a big, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or really even Twitter user these days. Um, and I know that a lot of the folks that, that come to the shrimp oil, uh, uh, aren't really either, um, and so, so it's just nice to do this as like an offline thing. And, 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 and I only bring it up because like, I really want more people to do more offline stuff with groups of friends that they think are cool. Um, and to not do it in any sort of like weird performative way for, uh, for, for the public consumption of, of, of your friends and followers. Like, it's just good to like get together and, uh, uh, hang out. I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's definitely a great tradition. Uh, I have a lot of fun uh, every time we do it. Uh, and you know, I would say uh, for any of our fast listening audience in Chicago, uh, uh, definitely if you, you can, have my uh, number, if you have Meyer Graham's number, definitely hit us up um, for for an invite. Um, and even if you don't have our numbers, find us on pick your social media of choice. I think Graham, we're going to actually regret opening up this, uh, the invites quite, quite so broadly, <laughs> but well, uh, I, I, I hope we do. I hope we do yeah. Re- regret it. That is in one way, shape or form. Sure. That, that, that'd mean we're really, really popular with well, our, with our list. It's either, wait, so Graham, or, are you or saying, they like shrimp? Well, so wait, hang on. Depends on your definition of, reg- of regret. Are we, it's, so there's regret in a couple of different contexts. One is regret of, of going to the doctor and, and getting a blood test and them saying that, sorry, you have very high cholesterol because you've been eating too much shrimp and sausage, which is a high quality problem to have. The other thing is that, you know, somehow we let in, uh, there's, there's some, some, some person or, or group that we let into the crowd uh, that, we, that we didn't want to let into the crowd. And maybe, Graham, that person's been me all along. <laughs> well, you know, if we play our cards right, maybe we can regret it in both ways, right? Uh, all right. So here's the recipe, friends. Um, so this is out of a, and I'm 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 so happy to open source this recipe, and and we're going to be ending this this show in in a couple of minutes. But um, it is out of uh, Gabrielle Hamilton's uh, cookbook for uh, a New York uh, bistro called Prune. Uh, the recipe for the shrimp oil is found on uh, page uh, 125. Uh, there's a side recipe that is on page 476 that I'll read in a second. Um, but this is the recipe that we use for feeding about five pretty hungry dudes, and we occasionally have leftovers. Um, but here we go. The recipe for the record is, is actually for a, a crawfish boil, but... Uh, uh, Chicago does not have ready access to crawfish. And, uh, besides crawfish don't have enough meat on them and you end up just like sucking shit out of shells and it's not nice. So here's the thing. So, uh, one batch of the old homemade old bay seasoning, three quart. I'm sorry. I can't read Jesus. Five quarts of water, four pounds of live crayfish, which we use about two and a half ish pounds of shrimp. Uh, three pounds of shrimp, if it's shell on, then you shell it uh, before cooking. Uh, one and a half pounds of small potatoes blanched. Graham, we've, uh, instead of blanching, we've we've coated the inside of your microwave with tiny shards of potatoes um, over the years. If anyone wants to come clean my microwave, that's your penance for attending as a guest <laughs> our next shrimp oil. <laughs> 
Microwave cleaning as a service. M-C-A-A-S. Macass. <laughs> Rolls right off the top. <laughs> Rolls right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else. So we got the potatoes. Uh, one and a half pounds of sweet Italian sausage, par-cooked. Um, three large red onions cut into wedges. Three to four ears of corn husked. Uh, also wondering what the shuck is going on with that. <laughs> one cup of sweet uh, smoked paprika butter uh, softened, and then one cup of sweet butter softened. Now, that's a lot of butter. I don't typically use all that butter, um, but uh, all the rest is good. And hey, for the homemade Old Bay seasoning, uh, to conclude what is the most boring episode of Fully Vested to date, I am going to f- uh, noisily flit over to page 476. I'm really hoping that we've lost all of our listeners by now. Here we go. Homemade Old Bay Seasoning. Page 476 of Prune. 10 dried bay leaves, 2 tablespoons mustard seeds, 1 tablespoon allspice berries, 1 tablespoon celery seeds, 1 cinnamon stick, 1 tablespoon cardamom pods, 1 cup kosher salt, 1 quarter cup paprika, not smoked, 6 branches of fresh thyme. For the record, I use dry, but whatever. And then 1 head of garlic, unpeeled but separated you sort of put all that stuff in a, in a jar and then you throw it in some water and then you bring it all to a simmer and you make this nice old bay tea in, into which you sequentially drop all your ingredients it's, quite, it's quite, quite good and then you top it all with butter so that recipe I think is set up for about 8 people and uh we think it feeds uh 4 to 5 uh hungry dudes most of the time. Yep. Recommend uh recommend consumption uh with your uh drink of choice. Uh but uh but beer or wine both pair nicely in general. We certainly uh enjoy that. Uh we also often have usually a a bread option. Ooh. I could specifically because I'm at home for uh for Thanksgiving and we will have these also on our Thanksgiving dinner table. Uh, call out the Beef House uh, in tiny little Covington, Indiana, as a great source of rolls. But uh, but your rolls of choice, I, I would highly recommend with it. Title: Your rolls of choice. Ooh, your <laughs> rolls of choice. <laughs> Uh, and we will make sure that we post that recipe and our suggestions on how to have a uh, great shrimp oil with uh, friends uh, in uh, in the show notes. As we well. will in the show notes, and then also um, if you are if you're listening to our show for the first time and have no idea where to subscribe, uh, you can go to fullyvested.co uh, and subscribe to us there. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. At Jason underscore Rowley. And Graham, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is Graham Peck, although I'm not super active on Twitter. Ah, well, Graham well, Peck. I'm, I'm uncomfortably online, so you can hit me up there. I will probably not reply to your tweets or DMs. But uh, anyways, so um, Graham, is that it? Do we have anything else? I don't think so. I think that's uh, I think that's it this week. Damn, this was a nice this was a nice uh, nice tight fifty minutes, fifty two minutes. I lied, fifty three minutes. But stay tuned for uh, for next week's episode. All right, actually, I will call out again that we have an exciting story brewing. All right, friends. Uh, spoiler alert: It is going to be about the fraud charge filed against Outcome Health. And on that note, I am going to pause call recorder. 